Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents Into the Waste, Episode 18, Temporal Shift. You know, with the cat in my lap, I feel mildly like an evil genius currently. I can hear Izzy screaming outside my door because I want that around. Speaking of screaming, greetings, mortals. <laughs> this is a podcast, so you can't see me, like, menacingly stroking my cat, but I bid you welcome to Dyson Suffering. It is just me and Kerry today. We decided, you know, we can do better without the boys, <laughs> so we kicked them out. We rule this city now. Sick fucking barn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny... <laughs> We can't even say, like, girls' night, because I'm not a girl. It's just, like, anxiety night. I don't know. Eldritch deity night. How do you do? Eldritch deity night. <laughs> evil apprentice and evil teacher night. But no, this is D&D. We're doing. All hail the clicky-clacky math rocks. And it is Into the Waste, but it is a bit of a, bit of a special. Well, I say that a lot lately. But we're, well, the easiest way to put it is, Carrie, who are you playing? Who am I playing? Who is Carrie? That is the real Who question. is anyone? <laughs> oh no, existential crisis intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but today I'm playing everybody's favourite, or my favourite anyway, human cleric paladin, Sam, or I've got his full name as my screen name today, Sanfir Ezra Maramai, <laughs> who is dead? <laughs> question marks <laughs> <laughs> that gif that meme of just the woman with all the question marks <laughs> my screen name today is be afraid be very afraid which I feel like should be my screen name anytime I'm on anything to do with D&J honestly but hey I lulled you all in you were like oh Caitlin's nice <laughs> Mistakes were made, but we do not regret them. Mistakes were made, but you know what? <laughs> this is preferable. No. San is... San did die. Yes, that happened. If you listen to the episode For Whom the Bell Tolls. I spent far too long thinking that name up. You're welcome. Like how can I how can I link this to the cathedral but also to Sand's death without being an immediate spoiler? <laughs> Apart from just typing in the typing in the title, oop, there he go. <laughs> oh shit! What up? Here comes that boy. <laughs> Here comes that boy. <laughs> but no, amusingly, not that the others. The others might suspect, but the Sam's death was prearranged because I felt that, given Sam's story and Sam's kind of the arc he's got on as a family man, and the fact that he is facing up to the biggest demon of his past, it was it felt a bit like a story injustice to just have them fight in combat and have like a half an hour conversation. That felt, it cheapened it. So I thought, and Kerry agreed with some evil glee, 
that somehow during that scenario Sam would die and we'd venture on our own little arc of San clawing his way back to the land of the living through sheer spite <laughs> and a bit of hand wavy magic because the waste ain't done with you <laughs> oh dear <laughs> oh dear oh dear oh dear why are you yelling at me cat what what Parent, wait for me. I'm just getting my dice. <laughs> We're not in this session. <laughs> also, your paws can't hold dice. <laughs> but no, this is part one of several. Don't know how many parts this will end up being because part of it just depends on roleplay, and part of it depends on the clusterfuck that is my internal mind. For the sake of canonicity, this is running alongside this is running alongside arc 3 which has Kerry's other character who by the time you listen to this you will have met precious BB Mishka we love, we stand, attack oh hail oh hail <laughs> then Shambles and Dakota it's also running along the same time frame as Charlemagne's story arc because Chad is currently on paternity leave at time of c- recording this, and also he decided to run off to fight a god or something, so which is very on brand for Charlemagne. Typical Tuesday stuff. Typical Chad. Like I'm good. Hi, I want to kill a god. You fucking what? Bruh. He literally dropped that at the beginning of the anal session, and I was like, "You what?" So those things are all happening at the same time, really. And depending on San's choices and San's wishes, maybe all the paths will converge. Or maybe they'll go different ways. Who knows? Well, me, but you know. <laughs> there are open... It's open-ended. Mainly because I know not to... I know not to plan in too much detail because sometimes my players will go up and do something like get themselves arrested and sent to an internment camp. Chat. (laughs) I'm not bitter. Well, I'm not because it was like some of the best roleplay I've had, but also, why? (laughs) If if we were video, you would have had a five minute clip of me walking away and pacing around my room thinking of how to salvage the, the story. So, but we're not. So you just got quiet. <gasps> Is that noise? You sound like a Hoover trying to start up. <laughs> <coughs> yes, make that noise shortly after recovering from COVID. Kate, what a good fucking idea. We're all in great health. <laughs> but we are going we know who we know who Carrie is and it's literally just us so I am everyone else in existence and also dead and also living and also in the state between so you know a lot of balls to juggle and to throw at people's faces when they misbehave needless to say Shambles and Dakota may get beat maybe being beaten up in the future 
It's a problem for future us. This is a problem for future us. But no. Sanfir Ezra Maramai. You are... You remember... The last thing you remember is... Seeing... Like, collapsing. You remember the pain. You remember not being able to breathe. And you have faint memories that seem almost like they're underwater of little Annika screaming, little Ryan crying, your companions all like lunging for you, and something or someone that seems like your father kind of cradling you. And then everything went dark, and you didn't expect to open your eyes again. But something... Something pulls at you. It's... The easiest way to describe it is like you're being... It's like there's... It's like your hand or your arm, or your veins are just filled with metal. And there's a magnet pulling you towards it, regardless of how hard you pull back in the other direction. You can't see, you can't hear, you can't smell anything, you are in complete sensory deprivation. All you know is that something is pulling you. It feels almost like something is slowly kind of pulling its way up your veins and towards whatever this end point is. And as you kind of, as the pulling gets louder, well, not really louder, stronger, you open your eyes and you are stood exactly where you were. Dressed exactly how you were. Cormac is holding Orion as a shield. Your party members are running in behind you. Am I breathing at this point? Yes. Though it is having... You have a perfect, like a picture-perfect image of how you just died. And you know you used Time Stop already. Do I see myself, though? No. It's almost as if you've been put there. Well, after being pulled from whatever in the goddamn hell that dying experience was, <laughs> I think, honestly, the first thing San would do, because I imagine being suffocated to death. Would you say he could still fe probably feel it? Yeah. So he's going to clutch at his throat, just grab at the nearest wall behind him. Just 
try to breathe for a moment. Uh, give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, 21. The only person that reacts to this is Cormac. Everyone else seems to be almost following the exact steps they took before. But Cormac's kind of turned and sees you like holding yourself up, really. Struggling to breathe with what I'm assuming is a look of fucking terror. I'm just going to stare him dead in the eyes. What is this? Cormac kind of looks at you and the others he moves towards you slightly not close enough that would make you uncomfortable but kind of like approaching an injured animal and he places he turns and he places Orion back on the desk and the others keep staring exactly where he was as if he hadn't moved it's like what are you talking about, Sanfir? No, 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 no. You must know exactly what's just happened here. We, we fought downstairs. Is that what you're talking about? Can I insight this guy? Yes, you can. <laughs> Sam has a surprisingly large modifier for insight. <laughs> Fear him. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a 28. 19 plus 9. He is telling the absolute truth. Is everyone else completely static? It's not like they're static. It's like they're moving at a quarter speed. The scene is still playing itself out as if you two were both in the same positions. So it's like an extreme sort of slow-mo thing going on. Yeah. Look, just look at them. Kind of turns when you point and sees. You both see, you didn't see it last time because your focus was on Cormac and on getting Orion. But you see Annika attempt to lunge forward and shambles kind of catch her and hold her back. Is she Charlemagne's rage? and his barely concealed well he is murder in his eye <laughs> and you see Dakota's uncertainty and worry as her glance goes between where you were and where Annika is is she still holding my sword at this point he doesn't have your sword yet ah It's still at your belt. Hmm. I... What are they doing? What... What is going on here? I died here. 
What? Look at the way they're all standing. They're looking at something that isn't there anymore. Is this some kind of illusion to get me to not look at Orion? Came up here. And I got to hold my son for the first time. And then that was it. You died? Uh, yes. I just, <laughs> you're hardly going to forget a thing like that. San, for me, it's been about two minutes since we fought downstairs. You'd only just gotten to the doorway before you seemingly staggered. not right I came up here and we got Orion back I got to hold my son for the first time then something everything just started going wrong and I I the only explanation is that something killed me You give me a perception check again. Jesus, this dice looks 19 today. Fucking hell. That's 24. Your sword is in Dakota's hands. I gave Dakota my sword to hold before I stepped forward. I put my weapons down so you wouldn't think I was trying to threaten you. I gave Dakota my sword to hold, and I stepped forward. Did, did, did I kill you? No, it wasn't you. You, it wasn't you. I don't know what it was, something it's just started constricting my throat and I couldn't breathe. You were the last thing I remember seeing, but it wasn't you. Despite I... everything, I'm not entirely sure you're capable of something of that nature. No, for all my bluster and all my cruelty, no. Sanfir, I... I don't understand, but if you say this has happened, will it happen again? I... I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you. At this point, time almost resumes. The slowness ends. And suddenly, the Cormac in front of you is now back over with Orion in his arms. You can see Dakota clutching the sword. You can see Shambles clutching Hanukkah. And this time, you actually catch a glimpse of it. Behind the party, about just at the top step, 
just visible is a man. Light olive skin, fairly lean. Doesn't look like he has calluses or anything. Well, a generic human. And you see his eyes flash black. A bit like how Charlemagne's flash green. And then you feel that same chokingness start crawling its way back up again. And then the breath you'd been so focused on maintaining is taken. And the same scene plays out. You die. You see Cormac try to revive you. You see Shambles try healing magic. You see Charlemagne tear away to find who did this. You see the man disappear, almost. You see Dakota's shock, Annika's grief, Orion's confusion, and then the screaming of a grieving man who will never forgive himself for what he did to his son, but also wishes to honor his last wishes as he demands for them to leave the city. And there's almost a judder. It's like, it's like someone's shaking a snow globe, but you're inside it. Everything kind of whirls for a moment and you stagger to catch, catch yourself. And you catch yourself on the door frame. And then you're back there again, exactly where you were just moments ago. Cormac is holding Orion. The party is assembled behind you. The sword is at your hip. Is Cormac just part of the scene again? Uh, roll me a perception check. Uh, 19. He is. He's also moving at the slow speed. Let me roll a six to see which one of these is happening. It's a three. Annika's not there. She's just gone from the scene. As if she was never there. Obviously, I look around. You don't see Annika, but this room is, on closer inspection, it's different. It's, instead of like banners and scripture and things related to Dolora, it's related to Pontath, the original goddess of hope. You're on the second floor now, instead of up in a tower. It's evening outside, you can see. And the city, the city walls, one of the one you can see from the window looking out to the east is crumbled in parts. Cormac himself, his he still looks like he's been in a fight with you all. 
but he has an old he has an old burn mark on his left cheek that you don't recognize. In the next thing I go to look at is behind the party. Currently, the man is not there. And there's nothing, nobody else in this room then. It's just you lot. It seems whatever the difference is here, it means that Cormac is part of the furniture now. Can I try and edge past the party? Yes, you can. Uh, just give me a dex and don't biff it. <laughs> Proceeds oh, yes. to biff it. All of my decks. San is a bulky, clunky boy. It's basically so you don't just, like, kick them all out the way like Skittles. There's a 15 count as biffing it. No, that's fine. Okay. You needed to beat a 10. <laughs> that's fine. You kind of skirt your way past. Partly helped by the fact that since Shambles is no longer holding Annika, actually room between him and the door, Okay. So you kind of do that awkward shuffle where you don't want to like touch it by accident. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> except in your metal, it's more like clank, 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 clank. Hey, I don't have metal yet. Oh, yeah, I've got chain shot. My bad. Chain. It's been a while since like, we've been here. Yeah, clink, 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 clink. I will make Sam clanky one day. Soon, clanky boy will be here. <laughs> He's here, monogamous, and gonna kick your ass. You are at the top of the stairs. You can see most of the way up. You can see a few ways down where you can still see some of the doors you kicked open. Okay. It seems you're on the second floor now. So there's one floor above you. And then you see like a roof beam instead of the usual spire. I'm gonna and go to the floor above. Acolyte dorms. Yeah. We go up. We <laughs> zoom. Le zoom. <laughs> up here is easiest way to describe it is it's a master bedroom, really. Oh dear. It's a slightly different version of your father's bedroom that you to you, you would have explored earlier that day. There's still the wardrobe with his various his eminences robes. Still, like, it's fairly threadbare still, but there are a few easiest way to put it, womanly touches to the room. There's a set of flowers on a bedside table on the other side of the bed. There's a few like embroidered. They basically, this woman has basically embroidered some of the scripture into like hanging things. Hanging things. Wow, Caitlin, fucking wordsmith. Obviously. Growing up with both religion and magic, Sand's kind of a believer in anything as possible. 
So he's going to start investigating, like walking around the room, just kind of doing it in a circuit. Give me an investigation. Twelve. Uh, it looks lived in. There is kind of the other end of this floor is like a big office slash mini library kind of setup. There's there's what looks like toys for a kid, like blocks and things on the floor. There's like it's it looks like all the bookcases and things that you're you were so used to seeing in the little house you you guys lived in with the perfect lawn is here. Are there any windows in this room? Yes. There's one at um, the one that the desk faces that can look out. Okay. Um I immediately go over and look out the window in the direction of where I know the little house would have been. You kind of look and you... Part of your brain is cataloguing the fact that a lot of the buildings are different. Like, you glance down, because you know from this side you'd be able to see Ezra's shack. Hmm. It's not a shack, it's like a little cottage. Now, it's still a bit dilapidated, but, you know, it's better than a tin shack. <laughs> it's... It takes a second to kind of click before you see it, but there's just like a little park where your house used to be. It's a bit overgrown as far as you can tell, so it's clearly been there a while. So... Either my mother never died, never married her, which means technically I shouldn't exist here, be remarried, also this is some fucked up thing far beyond my comprehension. Honestly, it's probably likely the last. <laughs> Somewhere a god on a cloud goes fair. <laughs> Just muttering to himself while he's going around the room. There's a lot of emerald colouring. Just like mother's eyes. There's a few storybooks that look well-worn. Like I, you have very I, faint memories of someone reading to you and someone singing to you. I pick the nearest one off the shelf and just look at it. It's very worn. It looks nearly 30 years old. The spine is like suffering a bit. And it falls open to a page that it's an illustration of a knight on a horse with a symbol that matches. It's the same symbol that was on the statue of Alaric's shield, the one of the royal family. It's also the same one that's on the banners here that seem to represent Pontaf. The knight is like riding towards, you think you can see, you can see like almost drawings of 
it's like a shadow more than anything. It's not an actual entity. It's like entering a fog, but the fog is just black. And you can't really make out the writings on the other side. Yeah. But it seems to be written in some kind of, like, spoken word poetry. It's a bit like, um, you know Juggler's Tale, the way the narrator spoke? Yeah. It looks very much like that kind of flowing. Flowing rhyme, but with attitude. I do like that. So do I. (laughs) That's so good. The words are kind of fuzzy to you, not because you don't speak the language, but because... So is it like when you try and look at writing in a dream, you know you can read it, but you can't? (laughs) Yeah. I put the book back on the shelf, just quietly slide it back into place or old even before I got to see them. I'll start to go back down towards the stairs. <laughs> you kind of stop and you kind of glance around. It's just kind of a moment of I don't know what this is, but is this what it could have been? Well, you head back downstairs and you see you're stood from the back now and you see this time Shamos is like half restraining Charlemagne not fully but kind of he's got a, he's basically moved his build so he's in the way from Charlemagne lunging Dakota has sheathed your has taken your sword but has, she has a similar kind of what, like a short sword at her belt. So she's taken that out and has sheathed your one there just temporarily. Mm. And little Orion, who in this dream, insanity, has kind of charcoal gray skin and is currently clutching a bouncy ball. <laughs> Oh, he's like, eh, my boy. <laughs> Fear him. <laughs> Fear the angry child. And Cormac's kind of. Cormac looks more afraid than he did before. Does he notice me standing there? Or is he still part of the furnishings? He's part of the furnishings. But Orion turns to look at you. kind of is looking at the others who are still moving at fairly normal speed. He's just kind of gesturing with his ball at you. He's like, Papa Cormac? Why you ignore me? I don't like you. Aggressive ball. Probably against what would be better judgment, Sans going to start going back towards the room. Because even though Orion doesn't really know him, he still sounds You kind of get closer, and Orion kind of looks at you. 
just kind of staring. And up close, you can see he's closer to two in this world. Instead of the one-year-old. Like his horns are a bit more pronounced. He's a bit more verbal and a bit more in control of his movements. He's still very small, but kind of pokes Cormac again, who doesn't react, despite the fact that there is a, a toddler tiefling just kind of going, Ugh. or it kind of looks at you and says, Mama, ma Mama says the man had eyes like me was my dad. Orion's eyes in this one. Still emerald. God. Still the exact shade and exact, like there's a little splinter of a slightly more jade green. And, and where is your mama now? She's not here. She, she was sleeping she she was um you know when you feel poorly and then you have to sleep a lot mm -hmm. she papa cormac says she is gone but i think she just sleep for a really long time when sam was a child and hannah passed away what did Cormac tell Sam? He was... Because when Hannah passed, he was probably too young to fully understand the concept of death. Hannah... Hannah and Cormac actually were going to have another child. And she had a complication in one of the trimesters. And it kind of... She essentially got sepsis. Shit. And the infection killed her. What, like, Tiny San was told was kind of... Her blood got essentially tainted and... took her away from them. As an adult, even as an incredibly sheltered adult, San probably recognises the different euphemisms for they're gone and they're not coming back. Yeah. Should we go see if we can find her? Maybe she's asleep somewhere in here. He kind of like has like, he does like the toddler big eyes. He looks at you and goes, Papa Cormac says she was way to rest. There's like the little quotation marks with like a ball in his hand. In in the crypts, which seems dumb because they're cold. And I wouldn't have to I wouldn't want I don't like to nap when it's cold. No, nobody likes to nap when it's cold. Should we go see if we can wake her up? Find her somewhere nicer and warm to sleep. Papa Cormac said I shouldn't go with strangers, but your eyes are the same colour as mine. 
Well, I've known your Papa Cormac for a very long time. Now, if you've known Cormac, Papa Cormac for a long time, what's his son called? He does like the toddler, like half. Well, the last time I was here, he used to have a son called Sam. It was short for Sam Fear. But maybe something happened to him. I haven't been here for a very long time. And then there's Orion. <gasps> I didn't tell you my name. No. Sam feels terrible for lying to a child. <laughs> well, you wrote me a letter saying after all that, they had a very handsome little boy called Orion. And he was very strong and very good. <laughs> okay, I'll come with you, but you have to hold the ball okay. and protect it. Yes, San will hold the ball and protect it. San has a bouncy ball in one hand and Orion kind of pushes himself, kind of looks at Cormac, who's only got like one arm looped around him. He's like, Papa Cormac's weird. Is he playing a silly game? I told him play pretend time was later, but no. Oh. Well, it was a bit silly playing in front of the guests. Just and they're playing fun. too! <laughs> well, that's not good, is it? Maybe they need to have a, an adult meeting and this is their way of making us leave. Ah, that's a good idea kind of hooks, like he uses, like puts one hand on Cormac and kind of pushes himself off. <laughs> a bit like he's hopping off a swing, but it's a person. <laughs> kind of lands on the floor in all his two-year-old chubby teethling glory. Kind of sticks a tiny hand up at you. Like, hold hand. Stand will hold the tiny ch chubby teethling hand. Papa Cormac and Nana Hannah say I'm not allowed to walk downstairs without adult. So you adult. Mm -hmm. They're right. Stairs can be very dangerous when you're little. Yeah. So I tell the stairs no. <laughs> Just imagine you go down every stair. No. 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 <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and as you go down the stairs with this little two-year-old just going, no, 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 no. <laughs> and just this, like, blue bouncy ball in one hand. Yeah. Uh, you actually, as you get to, like, the landing, you can see where... You can see there's another set of stairs going down to the ground floor, which is where you think the entrance to the crypts bit would be. But kind of leaning on the railing on the landing is the same man as before. Same lean, olive toned. Doesn't look like he's done any farm labor in his life. He obviously, I assume he notices me there, tiefling wall. <laughs> he seems active compared to the others. He's not part of the furniture. Hello? Oh. This is odd. 
How so? Normally you're not aware that I'm here. I've had a strange few takes, I'll just put it that way. Kind of glances, sees Orion, his face kind of softens a bit rather than like he was on the suspicious kind of grumpy face and he sees the child and kind of chills it out a little bit. Like, well, are your compatriots still up there? Mm. Can I incite this guy to see what vibe I get from him? Yes, you can. Vibe <laughs> check this guy. What is Calreo's deception? <laughs> Probably higher than what I've got. That's a 16 plus 9, 25. Yeah, Kara may have a plus 15 to deception, but I rolled a 2, so. Oh. <laughs> you garbage. Garbage, Kara. Yeah. My poor DMPCs cursed with me. Relatable. <laughs> There is a very sinister vibe coming from him. And a very... It's a bit like if you walked into a room with someone you knew was like a prolific assassin or a prolific serial killer and it was just you two in there and you're just like, mm, no! Just gonna, like, moonwalk back out the door. Sand does yeah, not but... moonwalk out the door. Sam does not moonwalk. His gaze keeps flicking to the staircase. So I have to ask you. Are you here for me? Or are you here for Charlemagne? Or even Dakota, perhaps? Why would I be here for Dakota? I don't know much about the child. I only know she and Charlemagne used to be close. Kind of cocks his head at your use of the past tense. Would I be right in assuming that it's not to be, not to start throwing accusations, you're doing that I'm here somehow? He looks genuinely confused. What do you mean? You, you came here to confront your father, didn't you? Yes, and then something happened. And now I'm here. I suppose you could say, it's just as I glance at the child, trying not to traumatize a small child. Orion seems to have like, become static and part of the furniture as this conversation goes on. I died. Something killed me. Something crept up. And I suppose smothered me. Well, to be honest, that sounds like a you problem. No, I'm not here for you, Sanfir. 
Then why are you here? Partly because I need to talk to Cormac about a few things, and partly because Charlemagne owes me answers. What do you have to do with Cormac? Why would you want to know? You're not on speaking terms. Things change, I suppose. Give me a persuasion. I asked Sam for his charisma. <laughs> I only have a plus two to persuasion, so that's 21 because my EGX dice are trying to help me out. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, the DC was quite high, so yeah. He kind of looks at you and then notices Orion isn't really responding. And examines you again with kind of a fresh look of intelligence. And he cocks his head and is like, all right. Well, I, his eminence, as it were, needs to have a point of contact with the council in Myrinth. I am his point of contact, as I am for all the all those who, all the, all the religious leaders of towns that follow Pontaf. Then something shifted, because when I died, in Cormac's office, right next to my father, we worshipped Dolora, as we've always done. Dolora died centuries ago. And what the cock's name is going on? You give me a history as well. Okay. Uh, it's 14. Let's just make a compilation of just completely fucking out of context sign clips taken from episodes. They'll all be from you and me. <laughs> yay! This happens. Not yay! Sad yay! <laughs> Oh no, no. my <laughs> turn. They have to pee. <laughs> no, what clicks to you with him mentioning Myrinth and the council and things is the letters you found in Cormac's little hidden box in his room in your time. That were written in some kind of code, but you recognised Cormac's name and you recognise the royal seal, which is on the Pontaf banners. And you remember there was a name at the end. And the name signing off one of those was Calrea. You, you're a fiercely intelligent person. I don't doubt that. When, well, before I died, I found some letters in one of my father's desks. I don't understand what they were written in, but I could understand the seal and some of the names. Why am I here? That's all I want to know. You kind of, you feel like a wave of magic go over you, but not in a I'm going to choke you way in kind of a scanning 
And just you get scanned and then he has to scan you again because you know the barcode didn't go through the first time and then there's something in the back in the bagging area for you unexpected unexpected sand in bagging area but and looks and he's like you reek of well, several types of magic here. Part of it is mine, which is odd because I'm not here for you. I, I don't know how this works properly. Where I come from, I don't know if you carry the same name, but I believe you were Calvario and you were the one who killed me. I don't know for what reason, but this is how it happened. You're, you're, I assume if you are Calray or were Calray, you are the one writing letters with my father. What's Sans' passive perception? That would be 15. That's not bad. And like, Cormac's bonus to perception is only plus five, but he gets an additional plus five because he has the feet observant. Oh, San has observant. Then yours would be 20. Okay. Because if you speak the language, yeah. you can read their lips and you have a plus five bonus to passive perception and passive yeah. intelligence. That's the first feat I chose for him, I think, because I got it mixed up with alert. But hey, what a happy mistake this has been. Aha! Yeah, so you don't even need to roll for this. You see you see it just for an instant. Like you're focused on his face, but out the corner of your eye, you just see his fist clench for a moment unconsciously before he kind of takes control of himself again. So clearly the name means something to him. Does he see like Sans just gaze flip down to his fist when he sees it clench? Are you doing it deliberately? Unconsciously. Then... What's Carrier's? Yeah. He he sees it. And kind of... There's then, like, the micro-expression of shit. <laughs> of that, oh no, I've been rumbled. But... Kind of sighs and goes... I mean, in this realm, that's my middle name. But yes, I tend to use it for official correspondence. So, are you aware of what's happening in other existences, I suppose? For lack of a better term, of what's actually going on? I'm... I'm aware something's broken. Something shattered a while ago, and the ripple effect is still going. So that's why after I was killed, I've ended up here, I suppose. I think part of the explanation actually comes from the fact that you have the wastes magic in you as well.
and their knowledge of dying is, although I'm very much a man of religion, when you die, there's either nothing or you move on to the afterlife promised to you by whichever god or goddess you dedicate your life to. This is something else entirely. Kind of glances at you and then glances at like frozen tiny Orion. It's like, one moment. You just kind of, you see like his hand like twitch and all of a sudden you are in like a white void on a comfy chair. Okay. And he is opposite you on a different comfy chair. His one has wheels. <laughs> that explains everything. Oh my god. He's an office chair. It all makes sense. <laughs> well, how much do you understand about... Actually, the best question I can ask is... In your world, as it were, did you enter the Waste? Yes. When you left, did it feel like you had to carry something with you from then on? Like, did you lose part of yourself there? That's probably a good way to describe something. We didn't, well, but it obviously we obviously didn't escape unscathed. Kind of tilts his head and is like, let me guess, you have some sort of malady or sickness plaguing you now? Yes. That is... That explains part of this, actually. I don't know how much you and yours have looked into the formation of the waste and the barrier, but the general rule of thumb is if you die tainted by the waste, you become part of its protection system. That barrier that you pass through to get in, it it contains physical and mental defenses. So those who are, be it attempting to enter for nefarious means or, well, people who just shouldn't be in there are warded off. But that barrier takes a lot of power. I don't know what this, I don't know how you're here with me and with them. And I don't know why everyone's frozen in place. But from the sense of you, yes, I think I, in another world, I did kill you. And I don't know what dragged you back here. But I know that if it hadn't, you would be reliving your death over and over and over. That's what I've been doing until I left the room. But you could leave the room. Yes. There lies the difference. What do you mean? The power of the barrier and the waste itself is built off 
negative emotion. It's built off corruption, both at at the spiritual level. It's a malevolent energy. It's cruelty. It's fear. It's rage. It's grief. Spite. It's if you trap someone in the moment of great agony, you essentially have a never-ending resource. So I shouldn't have been able to leave the room. No, from my understanding of the waste magic and from what Aaron's told me, you should have been trapped in that room and however you died, whatever the process was, would have repeated itself and there would have been nothing you could do. You would have been a prisoner in your own body. Watching it happen again and again and again. Listen to this, Sans just put his hand over his throat, just almost unconsciously. I'm guessing it wasn't pleasant. I've had more pleasant experiences. So, how did you? How are you able to? I don't understand. It's like the waste magic is in you. My magic is in you. Your own is there. Something else is there, but I don't know what that is. And yet you're not tied to it. I don't understand it. I <laughs> say there's a lot I don't understand would be an understatement. I led a very, very sheltered life. As, well, I suppose Cormac wouldn't have said anything about it. I was essentially kept a prisoner, sent off to a priory, and then arrested later in life. I've seen very, very little of the outside world. And almost everything I've seen has been unpleasant, with a few small exceptions. So what I know about this, and most things, is very, very limited. Hmm. I mean, if it helps at all, I've dedicated my entire existence to trying to understand, and it's a grain of sand on a beach. I don't know why I killed you in that other world, San. I cannot. I cannot read my own mind across dimensions or timelines or universes or dreams. I don't know what the fuck this is. But in my world, this world, you, you and your lot were all part of my camp. You were held at my camp. You'd all been arrested at a rally against the Queen. And like most royal dissenters, you were sent to my camp and were about to be a part of the re-education process. But something went wrong and your friend with the one eye killed 37 of my men 
before blowing the transformer and taking you all with him. Question for the DM. Sorry, again, <laughs> my brain's still a bit like, hmm, what's my points? The second time that San died, did he get to see Charlemagne going after Calvary? Yes. Well, actually, no, the second time you didn't see it because you were... You saw him turn and run. You didn't see Calreo at all? That's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry, wrong wording. Yeah, but do I remember seeing Calreo behind the party? In the second encounter? No, he hadn't appeared yet. I guess in my time. I suppose you were there for Charlemagne. I'd assume so, though. There's always a lot of crossover points. He is... He is an interesting one. (laughs) I trusted him, I suppose, but I never really understood anything about him. Well, he's a bit of a, um... At least in my world, he's a bit of a wild card. That that sounds about right. San almost smiles for a moment there. I just wanted to ask him why, more than anything. Why and how, really? Because as powerful as your whole cohort may be, 37 well-trained, well-armed, magically proficient soldiers. He just wiped them out. Took him about five minutes. Some of them were seemingly torn apart. Magically? I mean... There was some precision to it, but... Yeesh. Kind of stares off for a minute, just kind of remembering. I don't understand. I don't understand anything about Charlemagne now that I think about it a little more. Where did he get his abilities? Who was he before all this? Why is he so... Or at least in my world, he's insanely protective over the young teethling. I don't know. I was part of the group, but whilst I trusted them, that was their business, if you get me. Your priority was your son. That's understandable. My wife and my son. Your wife? Annika. Tiefling. Son. Where I come from, our marriage wasn't approved of. Teethlings aren't really... People don't really care who's with who here. Oh. 
I still not have that attitude. Well, we have our fair share of issues anyway. Don't doubt it. Yes, well, considering in this realm, well, something broke, and well, how how familiar you are, are you with kind of the Lonely Vale as a whole? Again, my knowledge is limited. The joys of being heavily isolated for most of your life. You only learn what's immediately around you, and even then, most of it probably isn't true. Are you aware of the islands? You would be because you were on Black Crystal, which is one of them. <laughs> oh no, the damn song is going to sneak back through my notes. <laughs> oh hi. It's been a long time since I've mentioned geography, but... It splits off quite a lot, then. It splits off quite a lot, and there's four kind of clusters of islands. Man, we really haven't played into the West for a long time. Camp Elak, for example, was on the Sedair Isles in the bottom right. I know small amounts about the islands, but... That's probably as much as I can tell you. Well, in this realm, they they were submerged about a hundred years ago. So they just vanished, really. They're still present. There's just... Oh no, you don't sail in those waters. You don't fish there. And bloody look at it if you can avoid it. Sailing slash fishing slash looking. <laughs> <laughs> All bad. All bad. Can you roll me a con written in shorthand. Yeah. Can you roll me a con save, by the way? God. Dice are in my way. Uh that's um, 18 plus 3, 21. You can feel that same magic crawling up, but he hasn't done anything. Like, you've been watching his hands and his mouth, and he hasn't, like, done anything that would indicate a spell. And his eyes have stayed the exact same. It's not overpowering yet, but it's getting there. Well, I guess this means I get to go back and witness everything all over again. It's... that That isn't me. Oh no. No, I know that. This is what's been keeping me on the loop, as it were. Also, I'd presume. I can't help you out of here, but there are two things I can do here. One, if you're able to leave these spaces and interact with others and things, or the few that aren't entirely bound, 
then I'd describe you as being in a labyrinth. There is an exit. You just have to find it. And the second thing I can do... And he kind of... Kind of reaches and then pauses just above your hand, kind of looking at you for permission. Sam just gives us a very small nod. And rest the hand on yours and you just feel like a little pulse. Just kind of... It's, it's a very polite one. It's just kind of gently there like, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Bastard, you're back! How dare you, I'm a delight. <laughs> Go back to your world. <laughs> My land. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here, bastard. Have a Snickers. You're in the wrong dimension when you're hungry. (laughs) What on earth is a Snickers? This is Somebody bring me one immediately. Shard, find me a Snickers. The fuck is a Snickers? (laughs) Harlan, what's a Snickers? Mm Hmm. Can offer you a Mars bar. Hey, rich boy, the fuck's a Snickers? Just hand me a Mars bar and some peanuts. We'll make this work. <laughs> and while you're at it, Giddles. get me a fruit salad. The fuck's a fruit salad? Coming soon to Dungeons and Junkies. Shard meets a fruit salad. Festive special. Shard versus a buffet. The fuck is this? The fuck is this? I want to take Shard to a buffet now, just to see their face. Oh my god, imagine Shard with a chocolate fountain. (laughs) What is this? It's so good. There's just like all these bowls of like fruit, and Shard's like, what's this? And then sees the chocolate and is like, what's that? What, you want me to combine them? The fuck? (laughs) This very weird looking mud. Take that down, take Shard to a buffet. (laughs) Take Shard to a buffet. Make sure you write buffet, not buffy, otherwise that's gonna get real complicated. Yeah, I do I can spell buffet. Ah, there's a vampire hunter. Kill it. Vampire's at the buffet. <laughs> there's a blood fountain, and they're just like, oh. Hello, future Caitlin. This is why we never get anything done. <laughs> this is why it's half past nine. Tiny dab. <laughs> Sigh. No, as Carreo kind of deposits this little... It's basically like a little magic sprite, really. Just kind of there, chilling. The same pain bubbles up. Your throat closes and your vision blackens. And yeah, yet again, you awaken in that doorway. So, let's see what's different. You know what? You roll it. D6. Oh no. I'll roll this pretty one. The pretty dice have betrayed me. That's a one. (laughs) That's fine. That's... Okay, that's this one. Interesting. My notes, so I know... Now. <laughs> Caitlin said this is interesting. Panic. Oh no! <laughs> Block caps. 
everything kind of flickers for a moment and you're in a doorway but then you realize you're back in Scarlet Mountain you're stood in the room that you that bordered on to all of your cells one that had like you know the tray of torture implements Oh, yeah, I'm pretty so sure you still have some of them. I'm pretty sure I've got like a scalpel and some other things. Yeah. Every so often I remember these things and go, Caitlin, what the fuck? Right in your cells. The door, the like wooden door behind you, it is, it does look like your floor. Like you can see a dwarf in one of the cells closest to the door, sulking. All the other cells seem open. The chest that your belongings were in has been ransacked. And this time... You rolled a wand, so that's that one. There's still... Babby Orion. He's... More like a dark purple. Teethling. He looks like he's back to being about one. You kind of glance behind you and kind of bracketing you, Chambles, Charlemagne, Amica, Dakota. And you're like, you kind of do a double take and like, Amica's there. She looks furious, but you know, why not? Then you kind of track upwards, and Sir Louis is holding Orion. Is he active now? Or? There's kind of a weird stutter to him, like he's like it's letting him talk, but not letting him move because you he keeps like you see like his body language kind of shift towards where his sword is. But it won't let him. Can I go up to him? Yes, you can. He's like, he has Orion, but he's like aggressively like twitching. Aggressively wiggling in place. He's aggressive. He's aggressively wiggling at you. And you're like, that's weird. I feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Please stop. Why are you here? So San walks up to Solo and just says, hello. Yes, hello, Sanfia. This is a bit of a strange situation, isn't it? How did you get out yourself? That's a long story. I'm not sure we have time for it. I... You see, like, his gaze flick down to Orion, and he's like, Why am I here? Honestly, I'd like to know that as well. I... I'm, su- I'm supposed to be at, at the meeting. Meeting? I... I, I was supposed to be having a conversation with... Town Guard, and... Cormac and 
head of this institution. Mm. That's interesting. What's this meeting about? His eyes kind of flick over and he sees Annika. He's like, eh? Why is she Because something is happening. I'm not sure what it is. But you won't be here forever. I'll give you that consolation. Such a threat, Sanfir. No. No, it's not. Sam's body language is just... <laughs> Fuck you. No, it's just completely non-threatening. It's just standing there. Almost like you'd be having a chat with a friend about the weather or something. Mm, what lovely murder we're having. <laughs> oh shit, it's ringing knives again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone get your metal umbrellas out. <laughs> clang, 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 clang. <laughs> God, it's so loud. What? I said... <laughs> Uh, I'm not threatening you. There's no point in that. The the meeting was about and you can see him like he trails off, but you can see him like look at Annika, kind of glance at baby Orion in his arm. And there's just befuddlement and surprise. You're going to ask me what's going on then. It's a waste of a question. I have no answers for you. Well, considering you absconded with that one and begetted some sort of creature, I'm not really inclined to listen to you anyway. I wouldn't expect any less. Cormac should have beat you harder. Oh, he did. Would you like to see my scars? Would you like to see my scars? Sandra shakes his head. That's sad. That's very sad, Sir Louis. Well, I'm guessing in the way you speak, you're you're not the son I know, are you? I suppose not. I don't know how you'd describe the son that you know. A coward. Really? How so? Well, when... When the guards came for him originally, he... He ran. But when he ran, he didn't take Annika or the babe with him. He left them undefended. So this wasn't the son who was falsely arrested then? What do you mean? You you were arrested for kidnapping Annika. Then we're definitely not talking about the same person. You have to wonder how much of this you'll remember when you go back, though. I'm very much hoping this is a dream. You know what? Sounds just gonna let him live in limbo with that one. 
Oh no. I'm not gonna put the fucker out of his misery. So. This meeting. What was it about? We're clearly not. I'm not the sign of you. That much is certain. And we will never meet again after this, so... We may as well talk for a bit, see where this goes. His lip kind of curls into like a snarl and it's like... Alright, we were planning on exterminating her and her get whilst you were... being rehabilitated. Uh, I'd expect nothing less. Well, the tried and tested methods didn't work on you, Sanfir, so Cormac thought he'd try something different. What ends, though? What would this possibly have achieved? It's not my place to question his eminence. Mm. That much is true, I suppose. Mm. He has a plan given to him by the god, and, well, we listen. What god? What do you mean, what god? Wait, no, not not the San I know. The, the Mirror Man. Who else? He is the only god. This Mirror Man. Why do you worship him? I mean, it's all we have. What state is that you've come from? What, like, what state the world is it? Or... Yes. It's... It's a wasteland. People mostly survive in small villages and towns. The last admirant was wiped out recently by the plague. So that's all that's left. What does the Mirror Man promise you? Your devotion? The Mirror Man... only gives us immunity. Corruption doesn't take us if we worship him. Have you seen this Mirror Man in person? A full-body shudder goes through him. Understandable. You notice with your ridiculously high passive perception <laughs> that um he's missing a tooth. Oh I, I remember back to um, I guess Sun would remember seeing Sanctity's teeth left on the pillow. It's very reminiscent of that. You had to pull out your own tooth. He flinches. Show your dedication or be cast aside. And left to die in the wasteland, I suppose. Some die, some are corrupted beyond. That and become monsters. Others go insane. I choose survival. Are any? Is there anything outside the small towns? Or is it just wasteland? 
everything is dead. I... Nothing grows in the earth. Animals are becoming fewer and fewer. The fish all died one day. They just all floated up to the surface. Magic like. Chaotic. You could cast. You can control it to a degree, but everything's a battle. You go to make a bonfire and suddenly your tent is ablaze. You go to heal someone and next thing you know you cut off their arm. Oh, that's like satanic wild magic. So I've got a down as in my notes. <laughs> what? As angry as I've always been at the version of yourself and my father back where I come from. It's not something I'd wish on anyone. Trying to survive all of that. Killing Annika is a task that was given to me. Killing a ride is a mercy. I have one more question. Does my mother live? Yes. Though she and your father are not together. What happened to her? After that. She didn't agree with him turning to the Mirror Man so quickly. The moment he didn't used to ask us for the whole tooth sacrifice thing. But when the plague started in the city, your mother wanted to help. Your father forbade her. She called him callous and cruel. Later that night, the mirror man asked for his penance, his... He asked his price to protect. Cormac says it was to protect them both, but... I don't know. Last I heard, your mother was attempting to save the last few survivors in the city. I don't think she knows you were arrested. Perhaps it's for the best, then. Considering I won't remember this, there's no way I can tell her anyway. Considering you won't remember this, do you know what happened to you, where I'm from? I'm... I'm guessing your familiarity with these surroundings means you were... And you said you were falsely arrested? Yes. You falsely arrested me. Or helped have me falsely arrested. On charges of beating my wife. Annika. You would, even though you took her unlawfully in this world, you would never lay a hand on her. No. I'm guessing in that world, your father proposed the plan. I agreed and gave a reason. 
And since you're here and not... Something's happened. Suppose where I come from, my marriage shamed both you and my father. You hid Annika away, never to see the sunlight. You denied that she was your family at all. She was your family's shame and their secret. You treated her as a servant, and probably your least favourite of all your serving staff. We married. Obviously, Annika became pregnant. You had me falsely arrested. And then you had her sent to try and be cured, I suppose. To be Good changed. By being a tiefling. Because you are so, so deeply ashamed. And you met your end when you came to find Orion. I suppose, in a way, it's a bit of a fitting circle. You helped bring Annika into this world, and she took you out of it. He kind of pales at that. You can see his gaze like, goes past you and is fixed on Annika, who still looks furious. My compatriots are frozen now. This was after that. I could see... I don't think she wanted to do it. But we are driven to make a very extreme choice. People will do anything for their children. Yes. Then I got to hold my son for the first time. And then I was murdered. And that's how I've ended up cycling through everything. You don't see anything hit you this time. You don't really feel the cold or the choking or anything. It's just kind of a moment of, I don't know, I guess as like you've rented to this and as you've found answers and in a way, I guess, come at peace with some of the things in your life, everything fades and you're back in that sensory deprivation just kind of existing there struggling and thinking and desperate for something to start making sense and you feel that magnet pull but this time it's like you're being pulled two different ways it's like someone's trying to pull a Christmas cracker but it's you you're yanked. You can't... I mean, there's nothing to see, so you have no idea whether you're being yanked towards something or away from something or pointlessly. But you do... There is kind of... It hurts. It's very much like someone's reached into your chest and has pulled you by, like, your ribcage and yanks you out, and you kind of sputter a breath, because you can breathe. And you're not in that room. You're strapped to a chair. 
clutched in your right hand is a blue bouncy ball. And you feel like the little tinkle of Kaoreo's magic fade. I, am I completely strapped down or can I move enough that I can see around the room? You can see around the room. It's very much like... It's restraints to stop you from pulling out the various tubes and things you can see are attached to you. Medical restraint rather than straight jacket. Do the tubes have, like, weird? Do I recognize the stuff in the tubes? Mm. It's very similar to the purple liquid that Charlemagne and Dakota were so focused on. Okay, um, what else is around me? You are in like a weird combination of a dentist chair and like a recliner. You're strapped with like belts, thick belts, along several points on your arms, one across your chest and several across your legs at kind of the, what's the word? I don't know, junction point. So like thighs, shins, ankle type. Basically, thing. where you would like bend and like kick the muscles out. Yeah, those points have been like held down, so you can't use force to kind of propel yourself out. I'll think of the word later. <laughs> Joint. <laughs> that's the, the word. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, this. Like, you're strapped down things. This chair is relatively comfortable. There's a combination. There's several different, like, tubes and wires and things around you. Like that purple liquid. Another one that seems kind... I mean, you've... You've had to have medical treatment enough to know that this world has, like, rudimentary IVs. No, you're... There's like one for like nutrients. There's one with that purple liquid. Yeah. There's there's like a couple like holes as if like for blood. But there's nothing in there right now. And there's like a bracelet thing round your wrist over your pulse point. Yeah. That's attached to a couple wires. You kind of wrinkle your nose and then you realize there's like something under your nose as well. Is it like oxygen or? Yeah, it's like oxygen, but to you, it feels more like magic. Okay. It feels very similar to your cleric magic. Yeah. It feels very much like dollar but and there's no one in here magic oxygen <laughs> magic oxygen there's no one in here at the moment it's 
a chair in the middle. You kind of strain your neck and look around and see. It's kind of, it's connected to, like, there's obviously like the IV kind of bags on yeah. the stands. There's some sort of rudimentary machine kind of drawing. Mm. It's basically like an, a very basic heart monitor where it's just kind of going beep, 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 except it's just drawing it. Okay. It's more like scritch, scritch, scritch. And there's like a little it's weird for you. It's like a gas can. It's like a see-through gas can of that purple liquid. Okay. And it's just kind of siphoning bits out and sending it through to you. There's some there's a desk in the corner with a bunch of like paperwork that you can't see and notes there's like a clipboard the other the other like the other wall of the room so there's the door there's the desk and chip behind you that you can't really see very well door is directly in front of you like where your feet is okay the desk is directly behind you the machines and that kind of cover the wall to your right and to your left is like a series of cupboards, really, that you can see some of them have like medical supplies sticking out of them. Sanders sighs at this point. At Just this a... point, you <sighs> do have none of your belongings. You are wearing your base clothes, like the ones you wear under your armor to, under your chain shirt to, you know, not get horribly chafed. Yeah. So it's very basic clothes then. Very basic clothes. You don't... None of your wounds from the fight are there. They seem to have healed. Is there any sort of reflective surface near me? Uh, there's technically a little, like, reflective kind of window in the door. Probably a bit far to see myself from properly then. Your hands and, like, the bits of your body that you can see look normal. Hmm. I mean, obviously Slam's going to attempt to struggle against the restraints. Uh, give me a strength check. Also, actually, give me a... I guess it's... Yeah, give me a perception as well, just because I just thought of something. Okay, so perception... Is let's see, what is perception? That's a eleven plus five, sixteen, and the strength is thirteen plus. It's just a normal strength check, is it? Okay, thirteen plus four, so seventeen. Uh, with the strength, you kind of you kind of wiggle your way up slightly. Is that up straighter? <laughs> yeah. So you're less lying down and more sat up straight so you have a better look around now and a better okay. position with that perception there is the um the buckles on these like restraints a couple of them are seem new enough that you could use the metal of the buckle to get a decent look at your reflection it's probably a strange one i'm basically looking to see if sans eyes still the same because, you know, we've all kind of got a messed up eye if we have two eyes. You have two eyes, one of them has that black iris. 
Anything else changed or? No, it's kind of, you're relatively clean. Your hair's kind of, your hair's definitely been, you've been shaved, I'm afraid. The beard is gone. Oh, Sam looks like a baby rat again. Sam is baby rat again, I'm sorry. Sam's gone from looking his 24 years of age, probably back to about fucking 14 or something. He's going to sit there and sulk for a bit over that. Well, they had to reset your jaw, so... Because you kind of, like, nearly bit off your tongue and things when you died, so... Looking at it reflecting. See, this is why the beard needs to stay. So that's a soak. Somewhere, Annika's like... I mean, it's not scratchy anymore. But also husband's head. Also husband dead. No, like, in the time it's taken you to do that, it's been about five minutes. And you see the door open, and you try and look intimidating from your strapped-down grumpy baby man. (laughs) Grumpy baby man. And walking into the room is Cormac, obviously. He's in, like, fairly civilian clothes. He's not in, like, his eminence's robes. He looks haggard. He's... He looks like your Cormac. Sandy hair and all. There's no burn scar on his face or anything like that. He mainly looks, he kind of sees you sitting up and like alert and awake. And he looks thrilled. (laughs) And next to him is an Azamar, about five foot four Azamar woman who you can see like has like tawny brown wings. Oh, pretty. Like sticking sticking out of some slits that she's cut into her lab coat. Because, <laughs> you know, let those babies fly. So she has pretty wings. She has pretty wings. And a fairly, like, ha- fairly... I mean, you're a decent judge of character when it comes to looking at people and being like, are you going to hurt me? And she genuinely looks like she's supposed to be in the medical profession and cares about her patients so you know okay it's kind of got very nice blue eyes like a little nose and a very like soft she just looks very soft very soft (laughs) it's the easiest way to describe her it's just kind of like this is a cinnamon roll (laughs) She does not wish to cause you harm. She does not wish to cause you harm. She may wish to cause others harm, but who knows? Oh god, harm! (laughs) They both kind of look at you, and there's like a quick, like, look back and forth between them. And a woman steps forward, and you see, like, her wings kind of twitch slightly in nervousness. And she, like, she holds both hands up to show she's unarmed. And like, you can't even see like a scalpel or anything on her. She's, she's very much just there like, hello. (laughs) She kind of looks at you, kind of scans around the room, double checks, like does a double take at the tubes attached to you just to check that they're in place and you haven't ripped them out and you're not bleeding everywhere. Cause you know, that bad. 
just like Sanfir, are you are you awake now? Yes, I suppose so. There were a few moments where we thought you'd woken up, but then you fell back into it. Where am I? You're in my facility. Where's that? It's... I mean, technically, it's under one of the lakes. It's under the Lake of Loss, ironically. How did I get here? Cormac kind of raises a hand, being like, that was me. Son looks over, and he's only addressing Cormac. Where's my wife and my child? They left Anor. They've, I believe they've gone back to the cottage. I sent them some coins so they don't have to worry for a little while. So they can mourn, well, in case this didn't work, so they could mourn you. My compatriots? They left as well. They, I don't know, there was some sort of weird, there was weird energy between them all. I haven't been keeping track of them, honestly. I said I would let them go freely, so... I died. You did. Sans still just looking at Cormac. What colour skin does my son have? What do you mean, what colour skin does Orion have? I'll explain more when you answer the question, please. And it just gives you a look of the fuck. He's lavender skinned. His little black horns haven't really grown in yet. He has your eyes. Okay. Can you describe my compatriots to me? Just simply. Have, have you doing? lost your memory? No, I'm trying to make sure I'm back. Uh, the ones who. I saw there was the half-orc that wasn't a half-orc, at least that's the vibe I got from his head, with one eye, who I think you all called Charlemagne. It's Dragonborn with, gold Dragonborn with like slightly messed up snout and what looked like a ruined hand wearing some of the signs of the twin-tailed fox. There was a human who kept getting nosebleeds that you called Dakota. You gave her your sword. It's my middle name. And who was I named after for that? Ezra. It was all for Ezra. And my mother? Hannah. Yes. What you happened have her to her eyes? She... We were trying to have another child, and... She contracted some sort of illness. It went... south badly, and... 
it essentially poisoned her blood. You were two or three at the time? I know Sans just been questioning him, but I think he's got every right to be just a little bit paranoid at the moment. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Can I vibe check? Um, yes, Cormac? you can vibe check Cormac. I will stop calling it that one thing. No, you won't. Varian's dice ran away in fright. Let's roll Sans dice instead. Varian's dice are like, I ain't getting involved with this shit. I got enough to do, man. Uh. Let's see, 26. Sam's good at reading people, I guess. He's completely honest. He's honestly more open today than you've ever seen him apart from part of your confrontation in the office. And as I lay dying, who was right next to me? Me. At this point, Sam's probably shaking a little bit. The room is essentially dead silent except the scritching of the machine and the kind of quiet clink of metal as it kind of whacks between the chair and the restraints. How am I alive again? It's it's a long story, Sanfir. I'm going to end part one there just to be a dick. Very good. Little claps. Little clap, Dumbledore clap. <laughs> Did you put Nailed. your hand in the goblet of fire? Gryffindor wins claps. Yeah! <laughs> Yay! Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice and Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't.